You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Scott Fit, uh, Scott Chasen. I messed up the intro because the man across the states of Oklahoma and Texas who normally reads this part is Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. Fitz, I may have messed this up, but as we both know, we asked you to come in today. You ripped your shirt off. You went down to Texas, Antonio Brown style. How's it going down there? It's good. It's good, except uh, it's like 40 degrees today, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't sign up for this. I came to Texas to sweat, mm-hmm. not to wear a mock turtleneck on this show. But here I am. I'm good. I'm ready. Uh, the only problem we've had down here is we're on our third rental car in three days, so we're on a roll. Well, Fitz, if you would stop driving them straight into buildings, that would probably help with the issue. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, don't fret. That's what Fitz likes to say. You can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com. We will start things off with our two minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's your work boot center. Well, Scott, KU basketball snuck past George Mason in a final tune-up before Big 12 play. How ready is this team for the 18-game conference season? Well, Fitz, that's a great question, and it's a question we don't have an answer to right now. And the reason is all of Kansas's good games kind of got canceled. Kansas was supposed to go on the road, play at Colorado. COVID canceled that game. Kansas had a chance for a great marquee showdown and, you know, one of those preseason tournaments you play. But the issue is when you lose and the other team loses, all of a sudden you don't get to play a team like in Alabama or like whoever you think is going to bolster your schedule. This Kansas team has been tested some. They obviously have one loss, but this Kansas team has not yet discovered what it's like to play some of these great teams in Big 12 play. And for that, you're seeing certain guys who maybe need a wake-up call, need something just to snap out of the funk they're in. Ochai Abaji is not one of those guys. Uh, He's played well this year, but, you know, I think of people like David McCormick, like Jalen Wilson, who haven't been as good this year. We'll start with David McCormick. It's been a disappointment for him, especially he's not contributing rebounding, scoring like he was to end last year. Obviously, an injury going into the offseason may have had something to do with that, but... He certainly is taking a lot of shots and not playing the way you would expect. Whereas Jalen Wilson, another guy who at times last year was one of KU's best players, he's really struggled, made way for Christian Brown, a guy uh, many people thought Christian Brown would be coming off the bench. Instead, that's been Jalen Wilson. Jalen Wilson is shooting worse than 40% from the field. That's really bad. 9% from three. That's terrible. He's been around the 50% mark at the free throw line. That's not very good. He's struggling defensively. He is contributing with rebounds, something David McCormick isn't really doing. But when I look at those two guys, they need some kind of a wake-up call. They need that moment where uh, whatever this funk that they've been in, they're going to snap out of it. I don't know that Big 12 play will be that for them, but I also don't know that it won't be. For David McCormick, it was exactly what he needed last year. He struggled through non-conference play. Then he got to face guys who were the same size as him, some good teams, and it brought the best out of them. Uh, Fitz, I I don't know if KU was ready or not. Bill Self, funny enough, said he thought KU might have been ready. Then he thought KU might not have been ready after the last game. 
I think they just need a test. They need someone to come at them and really challenge them. Uh, and I think that's what they'll get as Big 12 play begins. No doubt. That, that's what Big 12 play is all about. It's just going to be brutal because the conference, we say this every year, the conference is good, but it's really good this year. It's going to be dangerous for everyone, and we'll see how Kansas, which has a terrific team, fares. Yeah, and we've already seen some of the teams we didn't expect to be very good. K-State, Iowa State, they're kind of outperforming expectations, too. Well, Fitz, yep. you're in Houston for the Texas Bowl. Give us your quick assessment of how Kansas State matches up with LSU heading into this game. I don't know. I honestly don't know because LSU's roster has been gutted. And in the current environment of college football, what we see is teams that uh, are losing players to the transfer portal. We all know that. We all understand that. And, of course, when you're a program that recruits at the level as Louisiana State, you end up with players that declare for the NFL draft and don't want to play the bowl game and risk injury. Maybe if they're in the playoffs, they'd play, but not for the Texas Bowl. And then they've got a coaching chain, so you've got all that wrapped in there. And, oh, yeah, there's COVID. So last night at the uh, Rodeo Bowl is what they call it. It was a very fun event. It's a great event in terms of bowl events. Uh, LSU was there when we arrived, and it was stunning. It was shocking to see the number of players LSU had compared to K-State. I don't want to say two to one, but it was pretty close. At least guys in team sweats looked that way to be LSU's down about 50 players or so for this game. A lot of guys for LSU will play that haven't played a lot of football. But we were just going through it on our pregame podcast that arrives at Go Powercat on Monday morning. And they still have about 15 four-star players that will start this game despite losing about 15 starters for this game. It's incredible how talented this roster is for LSU. They have struggled this year, though, at 6-6. Six and six. K-State will have Skylar Thompson back. Skylar said on Sunday that he is the healthiest he's been all season, which is very good news. Now, outside of a couple of running backs that hit the transfer portal and some reserves on defense, K-State is in pretty good shape with this game. And in fact, Jerron McPherson, who they thought might be lost for the season, may be able to get on the field for his final game at the Texas Bowl as a six-year senior. It's an interesting matchup. K-State fans are fired up to see that brand named LSU on the other sideline. It will be kind of a shell of the LSU team that went six and six. But like I said, Scott, they've got talent. Maybe they're just going to throw it all at K-State and have a lot of fun because a lot of these players that we see on Tuesday at Energy Stadium are going to be players getting regular rotation for LSU next year. Yeah. Well, hey, Fitz, we've talked about this. One of the benefits of this game being so late, being on a Tuesday, even though it isn't the same LSU team, yes, it's still going to be a showcase game that pretty much anyone who likes college football is going to be tuning into. So it's still definitely a great opportunity for K-State. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it will be the last bowl game and it's the last college football game prior to the national championship game. So it is a a nice stage for K-State if they can get the work done. Well, on the topic of bowl season, Fitz, the Big 12 has been an active participant this year. Oklahoma uh, defeated Notre Dame, a great comeback win on Saturday, while Baylor defeated Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. Who has caught your eye out of the conference in bowl season? Well, you know, again, everything's so different. I I thought Oklahoma State did an incredible job of rallying from being down, what, three touchdowns uh, to Notre Dame, a very good Notre Dame team. And I thought it was impressive how they gathered themselves and Joe Bob Clements, a former K-State player serving as interim defensive coordinator for this Cowboys, did a really nice job of 
getting his troops realigned there for the second half, getting off the field more often, and, and the offense pitched in by moving the ball. Really, really impressive. And I got to say this, I, I just love this Baylor team. I know a lot of people have ill feelings about Baylor, but this group um, isn't the group that were before. Dave Aranda is, is not our Bryles. I'm very impressed with what he's done with his Baylor program. And I thought they looked fantastic against Ole Miss. Unfortunately, the Ole Miss quarterback got hurt in the course of the game, and that'll be a good SEC excuse because, Scott, the SEC is full of excuses all bowl season. They're hanging their hats on the fact that they do have the two best teams in college football in Alabama and Georgia. But the rest of the league is not that much different than any other league. And, uh, you know, getting back to K-State, we'll find out with how they match up with LSU. But I think the Big 12 has fared very well. Iowa State played without Brees Hall, and that's a huge disappointment as he opted out. Uh, and overall, the conference outside of West Virginia has played pretty well this bowl season. Well, Fitz, I, I agree. And I think Baylor especially has just positioned itself basketball too. We've known Baylor has had some good teams basketball-wise under Scott Drew, but what they're doing combination, football, men's basketball, and even what they've done in women's basketball as well, it, it's been incredibly impressive. Oklahoma State, I agree with you. That was the team for me. They were down 28-7, and football is such a funny sport. If you get the ball right before the half and score, you get the ball right out of the half and score, all of a sudden, the other team hasn't touched the ball, and you've closed the gap from 21-7. to Now it feels like you're in control of the game, even if you're not how impressive for Oklahoma State to, to complete that comeback. On paper, you can dream it up, but to actually do it, I thought, very impressive for the Cowboys, a great season for them. It sure was. It was absolutely amazing to watch the Cowboys rally and get a win. Uh, the Big 12 is coming out of this looking pretty good if you want to extend it to the American teams that are mm-hmm. coming into the conference. Uh, Cincinnati, of course, was in the Final Four and, and got beat by Alabama. But uh, I think the future of the Big 12 is a Incredibly bright, even without Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, it's been a great year to show that. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Last week's question was, will the Kansas City Chiefs get the number one seed in the AFC? We have a little bit more data on that. The Chiefs losing today, a pretty crushing loss, but still a chance. Uh, The results from two weeks ago, I should say, 58% said yes, 42% said no. Obviously, that's changed a little bit. Now, here's this week's question. Do you have a problem with two SEC teams, Georgia and Alabama, making the national title game? Two choices, A, yes, B, no. Vote on your Twitter on our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 and that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Scott, you started the show with a couple of Jayhawks who are struggling. What about the top guys? Can Ochi Abaji and Christian Brown 
continue their hot start in Big 12 play? Well, Fitz, it's a good question, particularly because of what happened against George Mason. Remy Martin was out. Expect that to be just one game. I think he knocked knees or had some soreness, and they wanted to be careful with him. But when you didn't have that third guy on the floor, all of a sudden, Kansas became a lot easier to guard. And interesting enough, George Mason at one point actually went to a triangle and two, something Bill Self does often. And normally you'd think, well, KU has the shooters to kind of get them out of that. But without Remy Martin, all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more complicated. Look, Remy Martin has not been KU's best player, but he's been incredibly important in terms of unlocking those other two guys, Christian Brown and Ochai Abaji, because I see no reason they can't continue what they've done really all throughout non-conference play, especially Abaji, who's a candidate for National Player of the Year at this point. Uh, I see no reason they can't continue that into the conference. Both guys have had varying levels of success uh, thus far throughout their college careers. Ochai Abaji has ob- obviously had more of it, and Christian Brown really struggled as, you know, KU got deeper and deeper in conference play and kind of continued to face tough opponents week after week last year. But that seems to have changed. What he's doing seems sustainable, mostly because he isn't shooting it crazy. Now, maybe he is from two-point range, but it's not like he's taking a whole bunch of threes and he's making a crazy percentage, and you would expect that to come down. Bill Self actually wants him taking more threes. Bill Self wants him to stop passing up those open shots from the outside and stop driving as much, although I I think he's happy with the shots Christian Brown is taking from two-point range. I I haven't seen anything from either guy that tells me they can't get those same shots and make those same shots when the competition gets a little bit tougher, but it's very apparent to me that they do need Remy Martin on the floor. Bill Self has called Dewan Harris this team's point guard. If you want to call him that, that's fine. I think it's a little semantics because this team really plays with two point guards, Remy Martin and Dewan Harris. But when you take Remy Martin out of the mix, all of a sudden, the answer key. Defenses are able to focus a little bit more on your top guys, make it harder on them. Now, KU found other weapons. Jalen Coleman-Lands was excellent. Mitch Lightfoot was great. And KU still won that last game. But it's a little bit of a warning shot about why you need so many good pieces at different positions. Long answer or short answer to the uh, long or the short summary to the long answer I was giving. Yes, I do think they will be able to keep it up. I just think it's been a case uh, of needing all those pieces to kind of work together to get those guys to have big years. Well, Fitz, K-State basketball opened Big 12 play with a 71-69 loss at Oklahoma. Was this a sign of an improved team despite the loss? Well, yes and no, Scott. I This game was troubling if you watched it from beginning to end because K-State played so horribly at the start of the game that fell behind. And we're talking about a K-State team that played without Marquise Noel because of the the health uh, issues with COVID. But Oklahoma was missing three key players and looked better organized and better focused from the start of the game. This has been an ongoing issue for K-State basketball under Bruce Weber sluggish starts not just slow but just starts where they just look entirely disinterested in playing basketball and then they find themselves maybe right before halftime and early in the second half and that's what happened at Oklahoma Mark Smith really put the team on his back at one point in this game and then Nigel Pack got going from three-point range Ish Masood was hitting crucial three-pointers and next thing you know K-State has tied this game up and is in a position to possibly win the game but Oklahoma made the key plays. Oklahoma's the better team, but they weren't necessarily in this game because of their absences compared to K-State's. What got K-State in trouble was K-State, not playing well from the start, not being prepared on the offensive end of the court from the start of the game, and just kind of going through the motions. This, This group, more than any other, 
seems to start slow because they just don't seem to have uh, the gusto to play the kind of defense that Bruce Weber needs. And as the game goes in and they, they sink into that defensive mode, everything else picks up. Now, the good news for K-State fans is this team has a different offensive gear than any recent K-State team. You have to go back to the title team of uh, 2018 to probably see anything close to this. In fact, I mean, that was a really good offense. But this team has some scores. This team has some guys that can answer, that can make plays on their own when what is usually a pretty sluggish offensive approach for K-State breaks down, they can get to the rim. Mark Smith, most notably, and Ishmael shooting from the three-point range. They will win more games in the Big 12. I've said this over and over, but is it good enough in a really, really competitive season in this conference? I'm not sure, and I think this first game was an indication of exactly that, Scott. Well, I think that's fair. If it's, that was the K-State perspective. If I'm given the perspectives of the other nine teams of the league, I think I'm a little frustrated that this K-State team is probably a little bit better than it's supposed to be. I think that's something that sticks out to me is, hey, these guys are going to require a little bit more work to beat them. But I think I agree. K-State has more. Will it be enough? I think that's another question. And now we step Out of Bounds. Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, college football's national championship game is set for mon- on Monday, January 10. Georgia will rematch Alabama for the national title. Fitz, are these the two best teams in the nation? Yeah, they are. I, I, I guess. I mean, they got the matchups they wanted in the semifinals from the committee. I thought that was greatly frustrating. I didn't understand why we had the uh, uh, didn't have a rematch. I didn't understand the seedings, I guess. But at the end of the day, it was pretty clear to me Alabama, Georgia should have probably been one too. My question is, will Georgia play better than they did in the SEC championship? And is Alabama playing the kind of football it could overcome what Georgia was outside of that game? We saw that version of Georgia against Michigan. These two teams are really good. And there's no doubt that these two teams are, are probably the best in college football this season. They just proved it in the semifinals. And uh, the entire SEC beats their chest over it. I get it. I mean, I get if you, you're playing for the national championship, it's a rematch of your, your title game, you're going to feel good about it. But come on, man. I, uh, it's time for college football to find a way to be more competitive. But that doesn't fall in the SEC. That falls on everyone else around college football to get better uh, and try to do a better job on the recruiting trail to even out the scales. Yeah, Fitz, I, I totally agree. I'd like to complain about two SEC teams in the title game, but Look, Georgia was demonstrably and decisively the best team in the nation for all but one game. And who beat them in that one game? Alabama. These are the best two teams in the nation they should be playing. Well, now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question this week is from a familiar face. Fitz, are you enjoying the Texas weather? And do you have any New Year's resolutions? That's from Scott from Notton, Texas. And Fitz, before you answer, just to add, we got a little Easter egg on the show. You might have seen a little Zoom thing pop up. That's the, uh, that's the pleasure of doing a Zoom show live. So, uh, Fitz, New Year's resolutions and weather. Uh, yeah, you know what? I have no New Year's resolutions. I, I just want to continue to to be better on this show than Scott Chase. (laughs) That's pretty much my whole life is based on, can I overachieve and be better than Scott? And if I can't, I'll probably just roll up in a ball and cry. 
Well, they say most people break their New Year's resolutions in the first week, and uh, you're certainly on track for that. So, <laughs> hey, remember oh, to ask wow. us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we'll look at our predictions here on The Drive. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Let's look at last week's results. And reminder, KU did not play TCU. That game was moved because of COVID-19 issues. The viewers went one and one in the two games we did have. Fitz went two and zero. Oh. I went one and one. Fitz still lapping the field out here. Very impressive. Uh, Fitz, we'll start this week our first game. That is Georgia and Alabama. It is the national championship game. Technically, I believe it comes right after our next show. So you get an extra day to pick it. Who do you like in this one? I've never been more dispassionate about a national title game. I will take Georgia just because I don't want Alabama to win. (laughs) Fitz, I think Georgia is the better team, but I'm betting on Alabama. Something about Georgia having a hard time beating Alabama. Uh, I will go with the Crimson Tide. Next, K-State minus four and a half, a pretty big line there against LSU, obviously missing some people. Fitz, I will take LSU. Do you want the Cats? Oh, yeah. I think K-State's going to win this game, but I think it's going to be a bigger challenge than what some people think with all the the roster issues LSU's face. I think LSU will put out a pretty good product. Mm -hmm. And our last game of the week is Kansas minus two and a half at Texas Tech. Fitz? Uh, I have done zero research on this game. (laughs) Uh, so I will take Texas Tech only because I have a feeling you are going to want Kansas. I'll take Kansas. This is a small line. Texas Tech is actually like the surprise of the Big 12 may end up being better than Texas, which is kind of crazy when you consider Chris Beard and all that movement. But hey, Texas Tech having a great year. Kansas may be going through some struggles right now. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. We continue our bizarro episode of The Drive. Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the, Clo- on the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One, by Local for a Strong Local Community. Let's start with Mr. Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. Yes. Yeah, that's me. It's my <laughs> turn first. Hey, you know what? Scott just mentioned something that's really interesting to K-State fans. The, some of the best programs in the Big 12 basketball season so far have been like Tech and Iowa State and and programs that have made a coaching change, and yet Bruce Weber continues to struggle with K-State. That's why this is so huge. K-State needs to have a big season. Bruce Weber needs to prove and show that he's got this program back on the uptick and contending for the NCAA tournament, if not making it. Everyone else seemed to go out there and get better, particularly Iowa State that finished last last year. And Saturday, they've suffered their first defeat of the season. Fitz, the Big 12 basketball-wise has been incredibly impressive top to bottom, like you spoke about. I think KU basketball's roster has the chance to kind of match that with its own impressiveness top to bottom. We haven't necessarily seen Joe Yesifu grab that extra kind of guard spot. Bobby Pettiford will have a chance for that when he comes back. 
But Jalen Coleman-Lands was incredibly impressive in the last game. Mitch Lightfoot had maybe the game of his career off the bench. It's been interesting to see KU work in a bunch of different pieces, and maybe it'll make the team more complete come tournament time. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.